Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to a live edition of Weigh In Sports Talk. I am your host, Brian Tarvin, and we're glad to be with you tonight. We have a lot of information to cover in a short period of time. Right now on ESPN, they're about to release the new BCS ranking, so we'll be keeping you updated just in case you're not home actually watching it. And I want to give you the call-in number because this show tonight is about the callers, 646-716-5564. Actually, all of our show is about are about the callers, so we just want you to know you're welcome to call in. We'd love to hear from you about how this college football season is going or NFL, whatever you want to talk about, because there's a lot of shakeup happening right now in the BCS. And I remember Wednesday night talking that, you know, there's not a lot of noise going around college football this weekend, and that's when, you know, some big upsets occur. And as you saw, Arizona – just demolished Oregon, and I know nobody that called that game. And Oklahoma State made Baylor look like a high school warm-up team. So Baylor was number three, actually three in the polls. They were going to be number three in the BCS tonight if they would have beaten Oklahoma State. But as you saw last night, Oklahoma State took care of business, and, guys, it wasn't even a game. So, again, welcome to the show, and they're about to start the BCS countdown Oregon and Baylor will be falling down. They sh- I don't think they should. Baylor could be in the top ten. I don't see how with the schedule they played and the way they lost, but they could still be in the top ten. Oregon is out. I mean, I just don't see a way Oregon could be up in the top ten. They had them as the, the number one one-loss team in America after last weekend, which we, we talked about it on the show we didn't agree with. They're going to be out. Clemson, Auburn, Missouri – that's going to be a battle for the best one-loss team in the country with the BCS. So I'm interested to see. You just never know. The computers, Missouri went up in the computers last night after a big road win at Ole Miss. And remember, Auburn did not play last night. And Clemson beat Citadel or Wofford, somebody like that, pretty bad. So I couldn't imagine them going up in strength of schedule or in the computers after that. So... What a show we got! We have in store for you. We're going to talk about the Iron Bowl as well. Coming up next weekend, number one versus number four. I'm 37 years old now, and I don't remember a bigger Iron Bowl. There's so much at stake for both sides. I mean, you never know what can happen in a game like this, and that's why I'm so excited. But all the trash talk, it's just it gets a little old to see some of these Internet Auburn and Internet Alabama fans out. Uh, trolling the message boards, talking about each team. Let's just let the uh, the final score in the game do the talking on Saturday. We don't we don't need everybody's analysis on this and opinions and and all this bull. And you know everybody talks about you know Auburn for instance is ten and one when they have nine wins or more. Who cares? All that matters is which teams block, which teams tackle, which teams execute on Saturday, which team makes the fewest mistakes. 
that's what matters, guys. It, it doesn't matter all these statistics that people come up with and trends. Who cares? That's just time. That's just uh, boredom fillers right there. If you're bored, you'll come up with stats like this. But at the end of the day, if Auburn doesn't go in and execute their game plan, if they don't tackle, if they don't block, if they if they turn the ball over, they're not going to beat Alabama. That's just plain and simple. Alabama's used to the stage. They're used to being big like this. And let's start with the BCS rankings. Notre Dame comes in at 25, Duke 24, Southern Cal 23, UCLA 22, and A&M fell all the way down to 21 after that loss to LSU. And that's, I mean, to me, I think Texas A&M is a little better than the 21st team. Number 20, Louisville at 10-1, 19, University of Central Florida, 18, Oklahoma, 17, LSU, 16, Fresno State. And let's remember, 16 is Fresno State. They're 10-0 and 0 right now. If they could get in there, and you never know what could happen in the BCS. But let's hope not, guys. I don't know about y'all, but I really don't want to see a, a, a Fresno State in a BCS bowl game. I don't know about you, but call in 646-716-5564. Number 15, 9-2, Wisconsin. Number 14, Northern Illinois at 11-0. 13 is Oregon. After that demolishing defeat, 12 is Arizona State, 11 Michigan State. I think Michigan State and Arizona State are two very good football teams right now sitting at 11 and 12. And Michigan State's going to play Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. Arizona State could probably play, play Stanford again. So that Pac-12 championship is going to be amazing to see Stanford and Arizona State play. I think Arizona State will probably get them this time since they lost the first one. And so now it's time for the top ten to be unveiled right now. And at number ten, it looks like Oklahoma State's at ten right now. Unless my vision, no, I'm sorry, it's South Carolina is at number ten. I apologize. And number nine is Baylor. How in the world do they stay in the top ten? Number eight is Stanford. No way they should be in the top ten with two losses to unranked opponents. This is killing me when I see this stuff on on this countdown. How in the world could you have Baylor and Stanford in the top ten of any poll right now? At number seven, Oklahoma State, I think they went up from ten, so three spots with a huge win and impressed the pollsters, impressed the computers. At number six is Clemson. Um, wow, so that means four and five are going to be SEC teams. Probably five are going to be Missouri, I believe. So let's see what it says. Number five is Missouri, and number four is Auburn. Wow. Number three, Ohio State, two, Florida State, and number one, Alabama. So there you have it, three teams out of the top five in the SEC, and they have four teams ranked in the top ten right now. That's amazing. That that shows you something, and I want to discuss this because let's play hypotheticals here. Ohio State is undefeated, but Auburn is at four right behind them. Um, there's a good gap because of the loss, but if Auburn beats Alabama, the number one team, and they beat a number five, which would be about number four ranked at the time, Missouri, how in the world do you not elevate them over an Ohio State that has about the 80th strength of schedule in the country? I just don't see it, guys. I, I just really don't see how in the world you could you could put Ohio State in that game. And let's not forget something, everybody out there. Jameis Winston for Florida State. What's going to happen next week if he gets charged, he gets kicked off the team, what's going to happen? Uh, Wow. 
Florida State would definitely not be going to the national championship game regardless of being undefeated. The voters wouldn't allow it. They would put them down low enough where the computers wouldn't matter anymore. And you never know. If Alabama and Florida State lose, you just you just never know what could happen. This is the best time of year. And, and the Auburn Tigers at number four right now after a 3-9 and nine season last year. Nobody, they didn't get ranked until eight weeks into the season. So here we are three weeks later. They get in the top 25, and now they're at number four in the BCS standings. That should tell you how these things can go, how one day you could be nowhere to be found on the map, and then all of a sudden you're right there in the thick of things. And I think if you're in that top five or six, you have a legitimate shot to get there at the end of the day, especially because Ohio State plays Michigan. They're not going to get anything for that. They have a losing record, I think. And then Michigan State in the Big Ten championship game. Florida State plays Florida, who lost to Georgia Southern this week in the ACC championship game, probably against Duke. And Alabama still has a, a tough road ahead. They play Auburn next week on the road, and then if they win that one, they're playing either Missouri or South Carolina in the SEC championship. So out of those top five teams, well, Missouri, let's talk about them. They play Texas A&M this weekend, and if they win, they go to the SEC championship. So if you look at Alabama, Auburn, and Missouri, they play the toughest schedules left possibly. And we have the the Clemson Tigers. They're talking about them right now. Ten and one, fourth in the coaches poll, fourth in the Harris poll, tenth in the computers, sixth in the BCS. And and the reason they're sixth in the BCS guys is that strength of schedule. And they they played Florida. They beat Georgia early in the season, the first game, but they lost by 40 points to Florida State in Clemson. And after that, they haven't played anyone. So Clemson's too far back. They they can't play in the ACC championship game. They can't make up any ground, really. They play South Carolina. If they beat South Carolina, it's really not going to do them too much good since they're ahead of them anyway. So all eyes are on this Iron Bowl Saturday, guys, and, and it's going to be huge. Number one versus number four, two teams that, that totally hate each other. And, and people talk about the greatest rivalries in college football, and if you don't have Auburn-Alabama on this, and you don't understand this rivalry. I mean, the fan bases hate each other. Uh, the teams hate each other. I mean, this is pure hate. This is a couple, 2010 Harvey Updike, one of Alabama's beloved fans, goes out, poisons trees in Auburn because Cam Newton beat him, won the Heisman, and won the national title. So, my God, if Auburn beats Alabama this weekend, who knows what's going to happen. But... We're going to get back to college football in a minute. We're going to go to the NFL where it's been a fun day in the NFL. I mean, I'm 9-0 and the last two weeks in the NFL and going for 10-0 and tonight, depending on how the Patriots do against the Broncos. And right now, Denver is up 6 to nothing on Denver or on New England early in the game. And I'm going to try to pull up our games that we had, our top five games we had picked. Hold on just a second. Guys, I apologize for the technical difficulties right there. I had to disconnect 
or you guys wouldn't have liked what was going to happen next. So I, I saved you the trouble. I hung up the phone. And it looks like I'm flying solo tonight, guys. So if you're out there and want to call in, talk some football, 646-716-5564. I'd love to have you on to get your take on this past weekend. But let's, I'm trying to pull our list up in the NFL right quick. So bear with me, guys. Just one moment. A lot of NFL game action this weekend, and and I may not break them down individually and and go through all of that, but just wanted to talk first about the Carolina Panthers playing in a trap game today on the road at Miami, and this is coming after a win at San Francisco and then home again against New England on the short rest after Monday Night Football. Carolina came into Miami and they were just sleepwalking, and it, you could tell they just weren't into this game. Mentally, it looked physically they weren't, but, you know, they go into halftime down about 10 points, I believe. And the fourth quarter, the second half was owned by Carolina. Cam Newton with a fourth and 10 completion. I think they were at their own 20, 20 or 30. He completes the pass and gets the drive going. He takes them down the field to score a touchdown. I mean, what a drive. This is a guy that's been criticized for not closing games out, and people don't realize his defense in the past years have blown leads after he's taken a lead in the fourth quarter, and the defense has blown the lead, and yet he got blamed for it. So 20-16 to 16 Carolina today, very impressed on the road with the poise to be able to come back on the road in the fourth quarter. And Miami's, uh, they were 5-5 five and five going into the day. It's not like they were a terrible team. That puts Carolina up to 8-3. and three. They won seven games in a row. They started out just not doing very good. So 14 to nothing in the second half. The defense came out and shut out Miami. And let's look at the stats. I mean, the stats don't lie, right? So we have, looking at the, the yardage in this game, it wasn't a lot. Miami had 332. Carolina only 295. But they were, they were efficient. 20 first downs for Carolina to 13 for Miami. And, wow, I mean, it just it was a, a game where the, the running game wasn't going great. Miami couldn't run the ball. But Carolina, thanks to Cam Newton, I think he had around 60 yards rushing, ended up with 136 yards rushing. If you'd have told me going into the day that Carolina would only have 295 yards, I would have probably told you they would have lost the game. But two for two on fourth down in this game. That's the key. Two for two on fourth down. When they needed it the most, the Carolina Panthers came through and and got the fourth down. So that's a crushing loss to Miami, but the only thing they can hope for really is the Patriots lose tonight. It looks like they could. I mean, they're underdogs tonight at home against Peyton Manning and those Denver Broncos, so maybe they won't lose ground. But Cam Newton, guys, is he a top five quarterback in the NFL? Or Let me say this. Is he a top ten quarterback? That's what you have to look at. I mean, he took his team down the field. This year, they've beaten some good teams. They lost by a point to Seattle the first game. They lost to Arizona. They lost to Buffalo. But ever since that Arizona loss, it just seems like Carolina woke up and they started playing better football. So I'm going to say he's a top-ten quarterback because if you look at what he can do with his legs, with his arms, it's just it's just hard to imagine him not being – a top 10 quarterback when you look at other ones in the league. But the Carolina Panthers are good because of their their defense right now. Their offense is, is decent. I think it's above average. Cam Newton, if he plays well, they can score some points. But the defense is what's been keeping them in the game, giving them good field position. But 
Cam Newton's just not beating the guys right now. He's not he's not blowing people away with numbers. He's not he's not winning games by himself. And and I think that's the difference. I think his third year in the league, he's maturing a little bit to realize that he can't do this on his own. So I think now you're seeing a different Cam Newton. But one thing I'd like to see him improve is that attitude. It just seems like he still pouts, he still whines, and he gets down on himself too easy. It's gotten better since the last in the last two years, but he's still there. He needs to he needs to mature more to to gain that that respect in the clubhouse. And I think he will if he gets if he starts embracing the opportunity to be a leader of men. This is not college. This is the NFL. If you want respect in that locker room, you have to act like a man. And I don't care how good you are, if you're not. If you're not out there being a man, acting like one, they're not going to respect you. And I think Cam's won over most of that team, but not all of them yet. I think it's still a team that still has a long way to go to be able to be a contender for the Super Bowl or something. And it may not be this year, but as soon as he gets everybody in that locker room to buy into him, I think Carolina will be a good football team. And, again, this is only his third year. I expected him, honestly, to be a little more mature than what he's been being, but I, I like watching him play. He's phenomenal, so hopefully he can keep it going. And let's look at some other games in the NFL that we we had on our pick'em list today, and one of them was the Kansas City Chiefs. They were at home against the San Diego Chargers, and, and let's not forget last Sunday night that the Denver Broncos took care of Kansas City 27-17, and I actually picked San Diego to win this game on the road because of the letdown. And I, I think San Diego's got a good football team. And I'm not sold on Kansas City just yet. You look at those wins, they haven't been like great wins by no stretch of the imagination. San Diego's a team that can beat anybody on any given day, and they showed that. I am very surprised that Kansas City put up 38 points. I'm surprised the Chargers put up 41 Four and six team usually doesn't come to a nine and one team's house and put up forty one and beat them, but it happened today, and it was just a back and forth shootout. Uh, You know the weather the weather was supposed to slow this game down a little bit, but it didn't. We look at first downs. Kansas City had twenty six, San Diego twenty four, but let's look at total yards. Four ninety one for San Diego, almost five hundred yards put on this Chiefs defense at home. They only got three ninety five, and wow. 387 passing to 281 for the Chiefs. I'm surprised that the Chiefs had 281. But rushing was about even 104 to 114 in favor of Kansas City. And it wasn't a lot of turnovers, two to none. So Kansas City turned the ball over twice at home, and they lost by four or three. So that ought to tell us something right there. And I want to welcome Jimmy Abrams and Jason Humphrey to the chat room. Thank you guys for joining us. We're starting a little earlier tonight. Usually people come in at 9 o'clock. So I started just a little early tonight. If you'd like to call in, 646-716-5564. Don't worry, guys. We're going to talk some college football. So stay tuned. And the next game, I think we had the Rams and the Bears. That was a, a kind of a shocker. I mean, the Bears lose by 21 points to the Rams. This Rams team has been something special this year. That defense has been playing out of this world. And they lost their quarterback, Sam Bradford, and ever since then, these guys have been playing good football. So kudos to the Rams. Baltimore Ravens took care of the Jets 19-3. to Rex Ryan, I just want to hear his press conference after that game. I won't have to look it up. But a shocker to me, guys, Arizona, I predicted them to win. But to beat the Indianapolis Colts 40-11, going in the fourth quarter, 
the the Colts had 90 yards of offense, and I, I've never seen anything as bad as that. So if you're out there and you know what's wrong with Indianapolis, please let me know. I mean, these guys beat Denver. They beat San Francisco. They beat in Seattle. I mean, they've beaten some very good football teams, some of the top-tier echelon teams in this NFL, but they can't beat anyone else. And ever since Reggie Wayne went out, these, this team has really, really struggled to, to find an identity. So Andrew Luck was, and even myself, I was caught up in Andrew Luck, how great he was. But Sorry, I had to get a drink of water. But looking at Andrew Luck, what is he? I mean, how good is he? He's not as good as is what people are saying. But it, but it also shows you that the NFL is not one player. Just like Jimmy says, they're missing Reggie Wayne very badly. And, and I totally agree. But, wow. They're going to have to get a receiver. They're going to have to get a trade in, in action or something to kind of help. T.Y. Hilton's only a, only one man as well. They need some help. They need that other receiver that can go up and catch the ball and take some pressure. But Trent Richardson, I mean, he's on this team for the running game, but I don't, I don't really hear anything out of him, which is surprising. I thought maybe going to Indianapolis to get out of, out of Cleveland and be able to play in a dome, that, that he would actually do a little better. But... I don't know, a college running back, Trent Richardson, is one of the best running backs I've ever seen. And he just can't get it going in the NFL for some reason. I'm going to try to look at his stats, and I don't I don't really think he had any today. So uh, looking at it, Andrew Luck today was 20 of 39 for 163 yards. He was sacked, I think, one time, knocked down four. He only had one touchdown. He threw one pick. Carson Palmer stole the day, 26 of 37, 314, two touchdowns. And he was, I mean, he was he was hurried a lot in this game, in fact, three times. But at the end of the day, the Arizona team, they're pretty good, guys. Let's give them some credit. I picked them to win, and I'm hoping New England wins tonight so I can be 5-0 and in the NFL for two weeks in a row. I don't know, guys. It's not looking good since Denver's up 14 to nothing right now with nine minutes left in the first quarter. So what do you guys think out there? Did I miss that one? Did, uh, did my Tom Brady at home pick not – is it not going to go right? Because that's, that's embarrassing. And another game not on our list, guys, the Dallas Cowboys against the Giants. The Giants riding a what a four-game winning streak. They've looked good of late, but they've done it against inferior competition. The Dallas Cowboys went on the road, won 24-21. The Cowboys were up pretty big, and they blew a lead in the fourth quarter, and it was 21-all. The Cowboys had the last drive. Tony Romo took them down the field, got in field goal range, and, and it's history. But Dallas, man, this is a team that has a talent, but they just can't. I know they won this game, but come on, you're underdogs to the New York Giants. That, that ought to tell you where your team is in the perception of Vegas. So Chris Smelly is in the chat room, and he says, hate week, roll tide, Auburn sucks. So welcome, Chris Smelly. Uh, we have two Bama fans and a Duck fan in the in the chat room, and Jason Humphreys showing up tonight after Arizona dismantled his Ducks. That shows a lot about him as a fan. So welcome, everyone. Call in 646-716-5564 if you'd like to talk. We're about to be at college Football time, and I'm ready to talk some college football and hear your guys' opinions. Um, a lot of the debate tonight. It's a fun week. The Iron Bowl week is here, and that's the most exciting time. It's not. It's not exciting when your team is three and eight heading to the Iron Bowl, playing a, a ten and one Alabama team and getting beat forty nine to nothing. So hopefully, it won't be that bad this year. 
we'll just have to see. And in a tie ball game, Green Bay and Minnesota tied each other. So that's all the NFL really I want to talk about tonight. We want to go to college, and the first thing I want to talk about is Jameis Winston at, at Florida State. And I just want everybody's opinion on this about is he going to be charged, and if he is charged, will Florida State get rid of him because they have something in their bylaws that states that, you know, if you get charged with a, a crime, a felony, you're gone. But there are circumstances that could keep him there. And what I want to know from everyone out there, if he gets charged and just say it's after the Florida game, they're 12-0, and they beat Duke in the ACC championship game, Winston suspended for that game, and he's out for the year. Does Florida State? still make the national championship game with a 13-0 and record. That's just a question out there. I don't think anybody talks about too much anymore. They're just waiting and waiting. But Chris Nelly says, yes, they still go. But I'm saying, no, they don't. There is no way you could put a Florida State team in this national championship game without a quarterback that's played with them. And remember, their backup quarterback, Coker, I believe, is out for the year with surgery. And I don't think they'd make it. I think the posters would drop them down to at least five or six to, to guarantee them not to get a shot to play because it's just it's just something that – and Chris said Florida State without Winston is better than Ohio State. Well, I have to agree with him on that, but, but it's all about hype and it's all about matchups. Say Alabama beats Auburn and wins the SEC, I think Ohio State would get in. If they were undefeated, they wouldn't let – Florida State play them like that because without Winston, they could not beat Alabama. Everybody knows that. So I'm thinking at that time, you start having to look at a plan B, and I think Florida State gets left out. And any, anybody want to call in, let me know. Uh, make sure you, you dial in 646-716-5564. But another scenario nobody's talked about is just say the Iron Bowls this weekend, and it's a very close game that Auburn wins. Auburn's at number four right now, and even, I think, five in the coaches. It's a possibility that Alabama stays ahead of Auburn in the polls, and nobody's even mentioned that. And uh, I think Alabama has such a lead in the minds of the voters that it would really take Auburn beating Alabama and dismantling an SEC East team, and it would have to be probably a one-loss Missouri team but nobody's even talked about that, and I was thinking about that today because you, Alabama, you, when they lose, especially on the road to number four, they're not going to drop it to probably three or four at the least. I mean, that's just something I thought about. I don't know what y'all think about it. And Alabama lose to Auburn. Auburn loses the SEC championship game maybe to South Carolina, and then Alabama is the highest SEC-ranked team at the time. And if something happens with Florida State, then they could put Alabama back in there, but at this time of year, it's tricky because the pressure starts building up. We saw it last night. Baylor had the stage to themselves last night, really. They were on the road at Oklahoma State, a chance to to win the Heisman Trophy after Johnny Manziel played LSU, and they didn't do it. They fell flat on their face, just like Kansas State did last year playing Baylor. So is Baylor, were, were they overrated in your mind, or, or was Baylor – actually just, just had a bad game because I, I think Baylor was overrated. And and that's just my opinion, and, and you're entitled to yours, so let me know what you think because Baylor started feeling that November pressure that, that Alabama felt last year. After they played LSU, they had to come back and play A&M. 
and it's just pressure in November to win. And only elite teams win in November, and that's why you, you never know with these BCS rankings what can happen from week to week. But Ohio State, you know, watching them yesterday, they won 42-14 to 14 over Indiana. I think I heard them giving up 14 points there at the end of the game. It looks a lot worse, but uh, 42-14, to 14, they survived. And another question I want to ask you guys, if Florida State wins out and Ohio State wins out and, say, Auburn wins out, does Auburn jump an undefeated Ohio State team? I just don't know if Auburn has the the name brand that that Alabama does. Of course they don't. Like an Alabama team could overpower them, but Auburn came out of nowhere this year. Ohio State started the season, preseason ranked number two, and – I don't know. That's that's a tough one because Auburn still has their toughest games, two games ahead of them, and if they won them, I just I just think it's going to be tough to leave an SEC team out of a championship after winning seven in a row. Jimmy says it depends on who they play in the SEC championship game. Um, I think he's right. I mean, the only way they could probably do it is to play a 11 and one Missouri team that's ranked in the top five. But Ohio State guys is killing me when I see their strength of schedule, when I see them sitting up here getting number three, just waiting on someone to lose, when they when they don't have to play week in and week out. That's what bothers me a lot. They're a huge rival game this week on the road at Michigan. And, guys, that's nothing like what Alabama has to play going to Auburn. And, the, and they're going to benefit from, you know, from casualties of war, really, attrition. People lose, and they just sit there, and they, they play this week competition. But Missouri has their work cut out for them this weekend as well, hosting Johnny Manziel and Texas A&M. Johnny Manziel's had, really, in my mind, one bad game in his career, and it was yesterday. I, I just don't see – I just don't see him having two bad games in a row. This Missouri team's good, but Johnny Manziel can pull out some miracles sometimes, so that could really hurt the SEC if Texas A&M goes in and, and knocks off Missouri and puts South Carolina in that game. But here it is. I think the Iron Bowl point spread is out, guys. It started out, opened out at ten and a half. So everybody thought that line was going to be about seventeen. I just couldn't see it. I, I couldn't see you being seventeen point favorite on the road in a rival game. Ten points is about right. Um, it's just going to be a dogfight, and it, it's like I said earlier: which team executes Saturday? Which team tackles, blocks the best, doesn't turn the ball over? Is the team that's going to come out victorious? And you never know until you see that game who's going to be victorious and who's going to do the little things. And one of my buddies called me today, and he's an Alabama fan, and he was talking about Auburn never, you know, the players on that team, they haven't been on a stage like this before. And he's right. The last big game Auburn played was 2010, really, in that national title game with anything with any implications like it does now. Just looking at it, how are the, how is the Auburn team going to react? Because a lot of people, including myself, thought that the, that Auburn was going to be no pressure. They come in flying free. But when you're Auburn and you look up and you're number four in the country, now the pressure's there, guys. Uh, tell me what you think in the chat room. I mean, is the pressure on Alabama or is the pressure on the Auburn Tigers? That's the that's the key question. I think it's on both. I think Alabama has a lot to lose because if, if they lose that game, those those fans are going to die. But Lacey says Auburn has the pressure. Chris Smelly says Auburn. 
I, I think the pressure's on both of them, guys, now. Before Oregon and, and Baylor lost, I would say Alabama definitely 100%. But after winning that Georgia game and all of a sudden you, you have two weeks to sit around and look up and, and it finally sets in that you're 10-1 and, and you're going to play the number one team one of the best teams of all time, actually, with the dynasties they're creating in your backyard on Saturday. And if you win, it's not just that you upset your rival and you ruin their season. You have a chance to make it to the national championship yourself. And let's look at the quarterbacks. You have A.J. McCarron. I mean, he's won a championship every year he's been in Alabama. You have Nick Marshall that was playing JUCO last year. So this is – this is a tough game, guys. Quarterback play, you'd have to give it to A.J. McCarron. He has something to gain, too, with everybody playing the way they have. He could be in a Heisman conversation. He has a great game against Auburn and, and the SEC East champ. If he, if he wins that game, he could be a Heisman Trophy winner. So there's a lot of pressure on both of these teams. And, God, I love rivalry week, but it's been a long time since we've had had this game. We in 2010, Auburn was 11 and 0, and Bama was 9 and 2, and that was a huge game because you know Alabama wanted nothing more than to wreck the season. Well, this year, both teams' season can be wrecked, and it's going to be amazing to see. But we'll come back to the Iron Bowl once people get settled in and they start calling in here in a minute. But we'll start out first with the Oregon Ducks yesterday, out of the Pac-12. They lost to Stanford a couple of weeks ago. They got dismantled physically. And and all of a sudden, they beat Utah, and they're back in the top five and six, and people are hopping them back up again. Well, they went to Arizona yesterday, and guys, I don't know anybody, and tell me if I'm wrong. I have no idea who picked Oregon to lose the game to Arizona. Now, the 20 points, I can take that. But as far as Arizona was going to beat Oregon 42-16 to and just dismantled them, we have in the – in the studio right now, Jason Humphrey's a big Duck fan. Welcome, Jason. What are your thoughts of the game? Um, we didn't show up. That's that's simple. Um, it's it's really frustrating when we lost to Stanford. I said, yeah, that's a mismatch problem. But with this Arizona team, we should have won, and we didn't show up. We made too many mistakes. I said in my video. Um, there's at least five times that we drop balls that would have extended drives, and just we made a lot of mistakes. Yes, uh, Jason. Though I mean, you have DeAnthony Thomas on the team. Was it just seemed like he was talking before the game, acting like the Sugar Bowl really meant nothing to them, and and they really didn't know where they were going after this. So. Chip Kelly, I just don't think a Chip Kelly coach team would have let this happen. I'm not very impressed with, with Helfrich. Or I think that's his name, Helfrich, is your coach. I just don't see yeah. any leadership on this Oregon Duck team. Yeah, that's that's what I said to my wife. Is I think somewhere between the Stanford game and now that we have lost the, when the day mindset. I think with losing to Stanford, he there's there's a lot of don't care, you know. It's it's really interesting and frustrating. It's just I gotta make it to win in the race. Jason, I'm getting a lot of back or static or something. We can't hear you. So yeah, the Oregon Ducks yesterday, guys, they were 
They were outscored 14 to seven in the second half, but 28 to nine in the first half. And let's go to the stats real quick to see Arizona, a team with a great running back in, in Dean Carey. I think he led the nation in rushing last year. Oregon, Arizona is a team rushed for 304 yards, uh, passed for 178 for 482. Oregon outgained them 506 to 482, but it was more passing with 308 trying to come from behind. Three turnovers for the Oregon Ducks in this game. Mariota, he just doesn't look like the same quarterback. He was he had so much momentum going. And Jason, are you there? We'll yeah, I'm again Okay, I'm trying to bring you back on. Yeah, I can hear you better now. I had to I had to bring you back in. So, tell us yeah. about the the rush, rushing game of Arizona. How were they able to run the football on the Ducks like this? They they just wanted it more. I, I guess it's just it's really puzzling because that's the same offense we run and and the one I just on a, I I give all the credit to Arizona. They they executed and. It's nothing that you could say about it. It didn't is the best running back in the nation, I think. And then he showed it yesterday. So what is Oregon going to do in the off season to kind of get back to a, a place where they could possibly contend for a championship? Because looking at them physically, I just still, even if they would have made it to a national championship game and played like an Alabama or Florida State, they just don't have the horses to compete with those two programs. So what are they going to do in the off season to try to get there? Um, I think I think it goes to Cruden, and I think Mark Helfrich has to sit down and really think about this season and why not um, just get out there and recruit, I guess, and hopefully with them coming back, Oregon should have a good team next year. Um, hopefully, DeAnthony Thomas goes to the NFL. So. All right, Jason. Well, man, I appreciate you calling in. And, and the Pac-12, looking at the rankings, they, they're just not represented very well. Stanford's in the top ten right now. And honestly, I, I just don't think they're a top ten team. They've lost two games to unranked opponents. And, yes, they were on the road. But you still have to beat Utah and Southern Cal if you're an elite program in the Pac-12. I, I'm just not buying that they were road games. And the, and the Pac-12 is very tough right now because looking at it, I see Arizona State looks like a good football team right now. UCLA, they just they've struggled of late. Washington, you know, they struggled during this year. So the Pac twelve conference out there, if you're listening, where does it rank in the chat room? Answer if you want to. Where does the Pac twelve rank when we start talking about say the top five conferences? Are they number two? Are they number three? Because if they are three, who's number two? It's just hard. Once the SEC is number one, we have to admit that everybody out there does. Um, Chris Melly says second. Jason Humphrey says second. And I'd agree with them. I mean, looking at the Big 12, I think they have Oklahoma State. And honestly, Baylor's okay, but that's about it. The Big 10, we we know what that conference is like, guys. It's not very good. So the Pac-12 is a distant. They're way behind the SEC right now this year. And everybody at the start of the season through the middle was saying how weak the SEC was this year, but it's it's not. Three teams in the top five right now in the BCS standings, four in the top ten. It's Chris Smelly says SEC, Pac-12, and everybody else is far behind. He's right. You look at the ACC, they have Florida State up there, but 
their their strength of schedule is getting killed because of the conference they play in. You have Duke that's going to represent the ACC in the ACC championship game. That doesn't say too much about your conference. But the Pac-12 is a good little conference. It's just it, I just don't think it has the talent up at the top to to be playing big boy football to go undefeated for an entire season. But there are teams in the Pac-12 that can beat you. So it's deeper this year than it has been in years past, in my opinion. And looking at the other games yesterday, we'll we'll just go ahead and go to LSU, Texas A&M. I did pick LSU to beat Texas A&M yesterday, but not in the fashion they did. Johnny Manziel came out, and either he was paid off or LSU had his number because the LSU Tigers won 34-10 to at home. It was a little wet before the game started. The field had taken a lot of rain, but nobody played on that field for about four weeks. So it did take the water very well. But Johnny Manziel, guys, what happened to Johnny? It cost himself the Heisman Trophy. And this is an A&M team that gets about 600 yards a game, it seems like. They had 299 yards, 224 passing, 75 yards rushing. LSU, 324 rushing, 193 passing. Two turnovers for A&M. Here's a good stat for everybody out there. Time of possession, 40 minutes and 19 seconds for LSU, 19 minutes and 41 seconds for, for A&M. And, and the, the bottom line is they just couldn't get, get, get off the field. They couldn't get their defense off the field with that running game with LSU. And, wow. LSU, Chris Bowes at LSU is Manziel's kryptonite. And they are two years in a row. They've held him in check, but nothing like yesterday. This LSU team is very good, guys, and they've lost. They lost to Ole Miss on the road. That should have never happened. Uh, they lost to Alabama. They were in that game until the second half. Alabama put on a show in the second half in Tuscaloosa. But just LSU is, is one of those teams, guys, that that they're they're good. They're getting better. They're very young on defense, but you could tell after that Alabama game, they started playing some serious football now, and they're ready to play. They've lost three football games, and they beat Auburn. Remember, they beat Auburn 35-21 to in Baton Rouge. And, I mean, they've had some good wins. They lost a heartbreaker to Georgia. But that game yesterday just really helped LSU in the bowl positioning. Uh, they play Arkansas next week, and we know Arkansas is not going to win an SEC game. So, Here's Les Miles positioning himself probably at 9-3 and three, uh, to get a great bowl game. I mean, they could probably get the Cotton Bowl if they'd like it. Or they could be Texas A&M. They could go to the Capital One Bowl or the Outback Bowl. So LSU is going to be there on New Year's Day playing a big bowl game. And it's that running game for LSU, guys. It's, it's just amazing. It's hard to stop. And Texas A&M couldn't stop anybody's rushing game. So you're not going to go on the road to Baton Rouge and, and all of a sudden learn how to uh, stop the run. It's not going to happen. So I just wanted to point that out to everybody out there. Man, it's hard doing a show by yourself. I, the co-host really helps you kind of take a break. So if you are out there tired of hearing me talk, call in and talk with me. Uh, Smelly says that LSU will get the Capital One Bowl, and that would be a great bowl for them. I just think this, I just think this, week, this year in the bowl games, it's going to be awesome for the SEC. Uh, I just really think they'll be favored in all of their games. So uh, Lacey's out there. If you want to call in, Lacey, call in. Jimmy, Chris, anybody out there, 646-716-5564. I know Chris is having trouble calling in right now. He's got some things going on at home. Uh, but we're going to talk some college football. 
Usually we can go an hour and a half, two hours, but when you're by yourself, it makes it a little tougher. Uh, and another question in the SEC, Mississippi State beats Arkansas 24-17. to 17. Did, did Dan Mullen save his job for one more season with that big win against Arkansas? I say yes because who else are they going to get better than Dan Mullen, really? I just don't see a coach out there that would that would take that job, really, or do a better job than Dan Mullen. He's got them back to, to relevance, in my opinion. Mississippi State's a hard place to recruit. They don't have the money there. They don't spend the money on recruiting like the Alabamas and LSUs and Auburns do. They just don't have the budgets or the resources. They don't have the old money there laying on the floor for all of these coaches. So Dan Mullen's in a tough spot. But honestly, I think Dan Mullen's done a good job at Mississippi State. I don't like the guy. Uh, I just I don't personally. But tell me what you think out there in the chat room. Has Dan Mullen done a good enough job to keep his job at Mississippi State? He does play in the SEC West, so it's kind of hard to – to win 10 games over there. Oh, Jimmy just told me they're expanding Davis Wade Stadium, so that's pretty good. So maybe they're, they're trying to buy in and, and, and you know, get a, get a winning tradition going over there and start with Mississippi. So good to know. Thank you for that information. But I think Dan Mullen saved his job. But let's, Dan, or excuse me, must champ yesterday. My God. Georgia Southern goes into the swamp and beats the Florida Gators 26-20. to 20. And the AD and everybody said must champ safe. The changes have to be coming, though, on the coaching staff. But, guys, I mean, must champ, does he deserve to stay another year and give him another chance? And let's, let's remember, he had a lot of injuries this year, and he's coming off an 11-1 season in the SEC last year with a loss to Louisville in a bowl game. But Georgia Southern had zero yards passing. Zero yards passing in this game, and they go into the swamp and beat the Florida Gators. I mean, it's bad because guess what? You lose the Georgia Southern, and now you get to host Florida State. I mean, this could be like the Iron Bowl last year, guys. It could be a 49 to nothing, maybe more, because Florida State's been pouring it on teams. But one thing Florida has going for them, they do have athletes on that defense. They do have athletes on the field. And they could keep it competitive for a quarter or so if they wanted to. But at the end of the day, Florida State's on a mission right now, guys. Uh, and the only way they could beat Florida State, and I still don't think that. They couldn't beat Florida State if Winston was suspended before that game. They would still go in the swamp and beat Florida. This is bad. When you lose to your rival, it's just it, it puts a bad taste in your mouth. But when you lose to a team like Georgia Southern, it really hurts. I mean, it hurts recruiting. It hurts the morale. And all of these coaches are coaching at Florida, and I know they're about to be axed. They have to be. Muschamp's going to protect himself. He's not one of those guys that's going to stand in front of a bullet for you. But, wow, he's. I think he should be gone. I don't. I, I just don't think you lose to Georgia Southern and lose to Vanderbilt by 17, and now you're going to get annihilated. You're not going to a bowl game. It's the first time in a long time Florida hasn't gone to a bowl game. So they're going to have to – they're in the same – same place Auburn was last year, and it's hard when your team doesn't make a bowl game and you have to shut down shop immediately after that game's over with. No practice, nothing. I guess it's just on to recruiting and firing a staff and hiring a staff. So, I don't know. It's bad. It's sad to see Florida bad. I mean, it's hard for me to believe a couple of injuries has caused this, and everybody in the chat room is right. Florida has quit. Muschamp has lost his team right now. It's, it's embarrassing. And 
speak of it embarrassing, Kentucky loses to Georgia 59-17 to last night, and Aaron Murray is out for the season with a torn ACL. They bounce back after that Hail Mary pass Auburn put on them and, and just trounced Kentucky like they should have. And Tennessee last night, a chance to get one step closer to bowl eligibility, lost 14-10 to to Vanderbilt. I was not impressed watching Tennessee play last night. Man, that, that team needs some athletes, and they need them fast. So Tennessee laid an egg last night, and I don't know what y'all thought about that game. I picked Tennessee to win. I didn't think they would have any, any problems beating Vanderbilt, really. I thought with a week off they'd be able to, to come back and win. But Alabama took care of Chattanooga 49 to nothing. And I don't know, the Bama fans in the chat room, uh, Yeldon, is he hurt? I heard he left the game with an ankle sprain, but I don't know if that was just a makeup injury to kind of distract Auburn or what. Is he really hurt? So if y'all know, let me know. And also, Florida State 80 to 14 over Idaho. Gosh, 80 to 14. Clemson 52 to six over Citadel. And the game last night, I was wrong on Missouri. Went on the road to Ole Miss. I thought this would be a game Ole Miss would win at night, being at home. But Missouri came out early, and and at the end of the day, they hit the big plays down the field when they needed to. Ole Miss just just doesn't look like a team that could hang. Missouri's a balanced team, 225 passing, 260 rushing, 485 total yards. I mean, looking at fourth down, one and two, they controlled the clock. I mean, they have two quarterbacks that that can get the job done. Missouri is a, a, a good football team, guys, and and they're going to make some noise in that SEC. If they beat A&M, Auburn or Alabama better watch out because Missouri presents some bad matchup problems for Auburn and Alabama with those big receivers. And you have a dual-threat quarterback, which, which gives you a lot, of, a lot of problems. And, wow, just those receivers, they can run the football. Their defensive ends are big and fast. They can cause a lot of problems, guys. So, Everybody thinks Auburn and Alabama, the winner, is going to win the SEC. I just, I look at Missouri, and I'm just shaking, scratching my head, hoping if Auburn beats Alabama that South Carolina takes care of Missouri because I would not want to play Missouri in an SEC championship with those receivers. And you saw how Evans made Alabama and Auburn look. Imagine what those Missouri receivers could do. So just a point out there, just let everybody know that nobody here is overlooking Missouri, just in case you are. So call in the number 646-716-5564 before we get out of here tonight. And I don't know about Wednesday night's show, guys. We may have to have a show Tuesday or actually Friday uh, before the Iron Bowl because Wednesday night I'll be traveling, you know, to Alabama actually for Thanksgiving. So if you're out there and you want to call in tonight, go ahead. If not, we'll do it later this week. But game day is not going to be at Michigan, guys. Game day is going to be at Auburn. So I don't know if somebody in the chat room is saying this. Game day at Michigan. Game day will be in Auburn, Alabama for the Iron Bowl this week. And let's look at a couple more games before we get out of here tonight. And I didn't know Trey wasn't going to be able to make it to the last second. So wasn't planning on doing a show by myself. But a big game in the Pac-12 last night that, Got Arizona State into the Pac-12 championship game. Arizona State beat UCLA on the road 38-33. to And the funny thing about this game, UCLA was ranked higher. They were at home, and they were underdog at home to Arizona State. And so that's what made me actually pick Arizona State in this game. 
just because it looked funny. Um, so I had to pick the Arizona State team in that one. So great job at Arizona State going on the road and getting it done. I think the Arizona State-Stanford game, a rematch from a regular season game, is going to be a great game to watch. And the last game, guys, that, that did not disappoint me because I actually picked I actually picked Baylor to lose to Oklahoma State. But have you ever seen a domination like that in a long time? Oklahoma State's a team that lost to West Virginia earlier in the season, and they lose 49-17. to 17. I mean, this is your stage. This is your chance to be relevant and to be at number three in the BCS. And they choked, 49 to 17. And let's go to the stats because it was 14 to three at halftime, and Baylor went on a 35 to 14 run. Oklahoma State scored 14, or Baylor scored 14 points at the end. That really didn't matter. This game wasn't even as close as 49 to 17. But 600 yards of offense for Oklahoma State, almost 453 for Baylor. They ran the ball well, Oklahoma State. That is, and threw the ball for 440. This Oklahoma State team could be the best one-loss team in the country right now. This team is very balanced. They look good, and I don't know what everybody else thinks, but but I think they look very, very good. But, guys, we will have another show later this week. I'll keep you updated. Um, Like we already went over all the BCS standings, and we'll preview that Iron Bowl. We'll probably have a show this week to preview these big rival games, the ones that matter this week. So I know if you can't call in tonight, make sure you call in. And I'll announce it's probably going to be, it may even be Thursday night, Thanksgiving night later, or Friday. So I'll let you know. Send me a message what works best for you all if you'd like to. But, guys, thanks for joining me tonight, and thanks for listening to me talk for an hour. And that's a long time to talk by yourself. But have a great week, and we'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.